Do you want to um, try to do an intro of any kind, or do you want to change it up and just go a different direction with the uh, intro? I don't know. I mean, just you saying that makes me. It makes it occur to me that we could like not do an intro at all, and it just be like this is the uncut. I just watched that like Beatles thing, and. Uh-huh kind of what was remarkable about that era of their music is it really went back to a more kind of classic rock, like more of their roots of like fifties rock and roll mm-hmm. genre. Um, you know, just, just like a much more classical kind of Beatles. So we can go to a much more classical bare bones film hole. Right. I thought you were going to comment on like the way that the, that documentary was made where it was more like, fly on the wall probably not a lot of production in the oh movie, sure so. sure sure yeah 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 definitely i thought too. that was like the obvious connection that i thought you were making and then you were like actually the music itself represents a more classical time of the Beatles. yeah yeah <laughs> took it to a it took it to a new level but i agree with you across the board i think yeah, I mean, no intro no intro is cool i like that okay cool. so with that in mind let's just get into it let's just get into it the matrix resurrections you watched it today yeah yeah just a few hours ago i finished it okay uh what was that like well i i'll say i like the movie like the first act of it i think yes holds Uh together like fairly well i think it's funny like the whole meta commentary on like the film franchise i just like that i like that world that they built for neo um where they just like rolled all all that ip into a game yeah there's a fun little um it is it is weird because in that world Neo is now kind of talking about the Matrix as as it is a game uh-huh. in his world but he's simultaneously like breaking the fourth wall and talking about the Matrix movie. Right, right. It just is like I don't know, it seems like he shouldn't be aware of that information. Like some of like the the commentary about the Matrix as a movie. Uh-huh. Like it kind of it kind of breaks the whole, it breaks the whole world for me. Sure, you know that sure. now he know now that he knows that he's in a movie. Uh-huh. I like, uh, I would like that by itself. But when they try to connect it back to, the Matrix and make it like a real action movie, I'm not, I'm not on board. Yeah, with the rest of the movie as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I hated the, like the second <laughs> half of it. It's just. Yeah. What did you hate about it? I think like the the story just really was didn't feel like very well motivated. Like the entire promise, like uh-huh. the entire premise of the plot, like after he like is reawakened. He, first of all, he hasn't been reawakened for any specific purpose. Like he's not like waking up to like some ensuing uh disaster. Um, in fact, him waking up is actually like the cause of the disaster. This weird, like how they're right. the power source of everything, which is super weird. Uh huh. Um. And yeah, and so like it the whole crux in- of the movie is just him trying to reawaken Trinity again. Right. It turns into like a heist movie. For yeah. Trinity. It's a real you son of a bitch. Real watery sauce on the plot on this one. Yeah. You son of a bitch. We got to go rescue Trinity. I'm in. What? We go through the hexagonal hallway entry points, too. Yeah, real like Ocean's Eleven. Like, uh, they're describing the the infiltration as it's happening. Right, right. Yeah, I I agree with you. I was into that first um, act because I thought it was the way they were being self-referential, I thought it was going to be like, uh, oh, we can't just make a fourth Matrix movie, so we're going to make this one kind of weird and abstract, and we're just going to totally move away from what the other Matrix movies are. I thought that's what was happening in the first 20 minutes or so, and that Mm -hmm. got me really excited. 
Because it would have continued. Yeah, they're like, this is just going to be a weird movie. Like, Uh it has nothing to do with The Matrix, and I was totally there for that. But then it it just turned into a sequel. Yeah, like, they didn't really push that, that, like, fourth ball-breaking concept very much after that. Do you remember the... uh, the character he's kind of like a, a larger guy who's he's like the president of the company or he's just like a programmer at the company neo works at uh-huh. and he's he's got kind of a raspy voice he's just kind of like a tubby steve-o like the way his voice sounds oh sure sure you know you know what i'm talking about yeah he's like the guy that's like portrayed as being really obnoxious throughout the film right yeah yeah but his voice is so like distinctly like steve-o from jackass i have to go back and and see and hear that because steve-o's voice has is like real gravelly because of like drugs and just you know general debauchery right, right. That's but funny. this this guy has the same voice the same <laughs> one the same level of gravelliness nice yeah lots of weird casting choices in this movie yeah the um I was going to mention this thing about um, the guy who's supposed to play Agent Smith. Do you uh-huh. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have remarks He sucks. Well. Yeah, I hate that he guy. Sucked. I hate that casting choice. Um, And what's so weird and ironic about it is that it's not the first time that a different actor has had to do Agent Smith like within that franchise. Yeah. If, you're, if you remember like in the third movie, I think it is. Yeah the beginning of the third movie um there's like that dude that agent smith like possesses like in the real world uh-huh you know what i'm talking about yeah and it's like that actor has to do like agent smith or do hugo weaving like as agent smith does an impression of him and that actor does a really good job at that and uh the guy in this movie is just doing something different it brings just Completely nothing to different. the table. Completely yeah. different. Yeah. It's just some guy. It, like, it's just a guy. He's he doesn't have any of the a... intensity or, you know, he, he can't pull off Zero the gravitas of his rants. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's maybe like my most hated part of the movie is that you, guy. You know what I hated more is like, I if he could have just like not come back to the second half of the movie and just like stayed in like the weird first yeah. half but when he came totally back and agree. kind of like became a more integral part of the story and like that dumb saved fight the day. scene <laughs> um, like, yeah agent smith came back to save everybody in the in the coffee shop right also the coffee shop it do you, do you see what its name is uh simulate simulate that's great oh <laughs> uh, so dumb I wonder if we're at a. I wonder if we're in a Matrix world right now. <laughs> the cafe is called Simulate. I liked how it was uh, shot in in San Francisco. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, all the downtown scenes. All of like the eight hours that we watched Neil riding on a motorcycle, uh, using a force field to block <laughs> missiles. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what was that with, was all San Francisco. What was up with the force field thing? Like he's like, I'm not doing any stunts at all. Any, you're not getting anything oh more than just raising was... my arms for me. <laughs> it's ludicrous how much it's uh, it's just him doing the force field. It goes on it, for minutes. It's too many times. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Why can't he do anything more impressive? I don't know, but they had like uh, mediocre kung fu scenes. Maybe he's just like worn worn out from a uh, John Wick. Yeah, because he's doing stunts in John. It's weird because the stunts in John Wick, I feel like, are they're more manageable. You know, it's like close combat, uh, MMA stuff. Uh-huh. Like people can work with you, as opposed to doing like high wire, kung fu backflips and stuff. Right. And he's like, uh, he he's not like a Bruce Lee kind of flying through the air fighter in John Wick. It, it is, as you say, kind of very practical fighting. He's always very squarely placed on the ground. Yeah, that's one uh, reference, like updated reference that I wish they could have put in the movie. 
is like instead of him saying like i know kung fu it's like this time around it's like i know mixed martial arts <laughs> and, and instead of like kung fu fights it's just like scenes of him grappling on the ground with uh agent smith yeah. <laughs> i'm glad out, we brought up a... <laughs> i'm glad we brought up a john wick because i told grace i was like i think that those movies they really did it for me for uh a reunion of of matrix actors and it's pretty self-aware in that way uh-huh because like in the in the second movie, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's in there, and he's like, "It's been a long time since we've seen each other." Oh yeah, I remember that. Everybody loves the Matrix. Is like, ooh, ooh that's really cool, right? Uh, and that I, I was I was part of that crowd too, and so all of the callbacks in this movie, like I just don't care about. They seem so like artificial and weird, right? And there were a lot of Agent them. Smith like, is bad. A lot of the movie was uh, like kind of set up to serve like references to the originals. Ugh, yeah, no fun. I remember like Justin told me something a while back because I was like, I'm not watching any trailers. I'm pretty sure it's going to be bad no matter what. I had already kind of resigned to a negative opinion. And Justin was like, I don't know, man, like. It could be like a like a Fury Road kind of situation because Lana Wachowski is still directing, and that like gave me a lot of hope. And I watched Fury Road just the other night, actually. Uh huh. And I was like, hell yeah, dude! Maybe if it could be like a Matrix Fury Road, and the whole like meta commentary was kind of it was that for me for a few minutes. Uh huh. It was a disconnected sequel. Uh. But yeah, it just be it just became about look at how cool the other movies were. You remember this guy? It was that for two hours. That fight scene, like where supposedly everybody that came back was like a previous character, I was like so flabbergasted at. For, first of all, they were all covered in trash. Oh right. Well, at least one of them was. I don't know if, how about like the rest of the fighters. They but looked, it was just the. They looked like they were covered in trash. I was like looking at them, the f- like. The French guy, was from the second movie. He was, looked like a homeless person, yeah. and all he did was uh, he just. He just stand stood in the corner and yelled, and then he was gone. Like that was his only scene. I had to Google who nope. that character was. Uh, the Merovingian. Yeah, and then and then I had to look up. Like once I figured out who that homeless guy was supposed to be, I then had to like look up who that character was because he's such a minor character. <laughs> yeah. But, and then uh, like Niobe, uh, like Jaden Pickett Smith, uh, they just made her look super old. I was kind of confused. It was like, so Neo like didn't age as quickly because he's in the pod. I think is right the implication, which I'll buy. That's fine. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, what do you think about the lore of this movie? Um, does well, it conflict yeah. with anything that you had in mind? What do you think of it I overall? There's actually parts of the lore that I kind of dig. Uh-huh. Um, I, I was a little confused about... Um, you know they make programs they like we have this like bead system now this like hol- holographic like bead technology that lets a program like be in the real world uh-huh like that was interesting but i i was more intrigued by in the, the third movie when like the program agent smith just takes over a human's brain or whatever happens there you know oh, they yeah. kind of don't explain yeah, 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 yeah. it they don't explain how like agent smith is in the real world and i was always super like intrigued by that like how is that happening how is like a did like a piece of software like infecting this person's brain uh so i thought it would be would have been cooler if they did that for the program as being in the real world or just talked about that idea more well it's probably like uh it's probably like very unethical in their universe to do that it would be like well i don't know they like stem cell research for us sure yeah I thought about that, but then I was also like, they're using so much hand wavy shit in this movie. Just like make it 
that much more interesting. Like make it where uh, I don't know the pods like the there's like um, brain dead people or something like in the pods. Uh-huh. And, like the programs can just like occupy those. I don't know. There's a way to explain it. <laughs> that burden's not on me, but it would have been more interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I do like um just like speaking of the lore, I, I love this matrix world of sixty years later, like sixty years after um, you know, to to what yeah, that the is war. the historical <laughs> events of the original Matrix trilogy. Right. And like sixty years is like an interesting amount of time to pass from, uh, you know, a, a world defining historical event. It's it's uh-huh. like World War Two to you know the two thousands people. Yeah, you know, yeah. far enough to not. That's a that's a great analogy. Nobody had any had any firsthand experience except your eldest population, but it's still very recent memory. And uh, right. I just think it's cool how it's kind of evolved, like how there's like machines that are now on the pro human side, and they're. Yeah, that's that might be my favorite part is the also the Morpheus thing, like how he's and with the the other program, just the fact that there's AI that's like on their side Uh and it's it's all part of it. Yeah, Uh, I felt like the machines like there's nice machines now. There's like cute machines (laughs) that fly around and help help the humans. Yeah. I thought I felt like that was really in line with the Animatrix, where like yeah, yeah, they show the machines as like emotional, sympathetic characters. That they're pos- they 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 can be that, right, right. Uh, other parts of the lore, I don't know what else is there. Um, they like I guess the whole reason that Neo and Trinity are there is because the machines, um after the end of the third movie when they, they both brought died, him back to life they like <laughs> like there's some pretty gruesome shots though of them like rebuilding their bodies and it just shows them like with a hole in their chest did i see that correctly yeah. like with neo it's like I, half rebuilt like i can't remember exactly but yeah that sounds right something like that um yeah i remember so. it being grizzly for sure so that's pretty cool and i guess neil patrick harris did that yeah uh i was not a fan of his character (laughs) (laughs) at all i don't know how we escaped the uh the casting part of the discussion without even touching on him it's just uh (laughs) as soon as you see him you're like oh my god it's neil patrick harris and then like that uh kind of surprised being out of the movie moment just continues the entire time he's on screen it's just so weird because he doesn't really have any dramatic roles like he doesn't have much credits doing serious stuff as far as I'm aware. It's all comedies or He's he's in Gone Girl, which I've never seen, but supposedly he plays like a psychopath in that movie. I did see that. Where did But he's still like funny on the screen even when you see him in the movie you're like, "Hey." He's like a he's a, a goofy actor. Guy. <laughs> that's a, that's exactly. So it. the whole time and so it's yeah. weird to put him in such a serious role. The whole time I was like, "Is this funny?" Well, it's just like the I think the movie kind of like teeters between being like a serious fourth entry in the trilogy and then just being like kind of a wacky retelling, uh-huh. like kind of a Christmas Star Wars Christmas special version of a Matrix re- reunion. Mm-hmm. And if it leaned fully into like being silly the whole time, I would be into that. But it it takes itself like way too seriously other times where it's yeah. just like we're this is serious Matrix world. Right. We're doing Kung Fu. All I really want is like a Matrix movie that's three hours long and is um, devoted to the lore, like 90%. Like, well, okay. 80% yeah. lore, 10% I mean, th- action. That's, that's what the Animatrix is, really. It's just like a lore dump. Yeah, yeah. And I love the ratio the Animatrix has. Yeah. Uh, I did like that they brought back that um, that Indian gal. I don't know if it's actually the same actress, like the the child from the other movies. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But I like. The, I doubt it. I like right? that she. Yeah, I doubt it too. But the the timing is about right. If she was like 
seven or eight in that movie. That was like 2003. So and you like, know they would have checked. Almost almost 20 years ago. The production would have looked into it. Is that child actress still acting? If so, call. <laughs> like they would have. Right. But that was really cool. Yeah, I like that. Well, I like too that she is like in this kind of, she's like a self-contained program. She's like an off-grid program. She lives in that little flying manta ray. You know what I'm talking about? The There's like a floaty, a floaty machine that like flies up behind um, Niobe, and she's like, oh. "Oh, this this machine's a friend." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if and if you pay attention, like where they meet that program is like in this special little forest world, uh-huh. with like a well. And assuming just what they show on screen that that that's all contained on the that flying machine like the network and uh her ai and then like they can jack into that into just the like a little flying mantis yeah it's just like a little self-contained network yeah, within yeah. that hardware which i i like it's like a geeky thing to like oh that's cool like what would be a real world example of something like that like a vpn or just like an just a local network, I guess. I don't know, but in, in Mega Wouldn't Man have to be Battle, connected. Battle Network, you can. It's like a it's like a Pokemon game, but for Mega Man, and you can like walk around as a boy, and you can jack in your Mega Man, like Tamagotchi toy, into different stuff. So you can like walk up to a vending machine and jack him in, and he'll like be oh. in the virtual space of that vending machine, and then jack out. Oh, that's cool. So that's that's exactly what that is. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know. This is like a thing in the 90s? Uh, early 2000s. It's a great, okay. great series of uh, Game Boy games. Huh. Let's see. What did you th- make of... They do this thing where instead of agents, they're called like bots now, and they're just like, regular people right right but then they're just like infiltrated yeah it's like a uh, but how is that different from what we've seen before it's I not like they they did that it's in not at movies. all i don't understand it's it's exactly what the agents are but it's just i don't know like a cheaper way to do it <laughs> so they don't have to invest in more <laughs> effects like beyond just making people's eyes turn a weird color. I hated it. I was like, why are why are these in here? Like these are just they're just agents with a different name. Yeah, I didn't get it either. Because agents, it... like that's their whole deal is they can like ghost between human hosts or whatever. Right. That part I think was like a component of the social commentary part of the movie of which like there are several elements to, I just, that's, that's one that I didn't understand. I think it was supposed yeah. to be some kind of comment on, I don't know, something, social media, you know, infecting people. Oh dude. Uh, speaking of something. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about this. What'd you think of like, it's like one of the last lines in the movie. I think it's Neil Patrick Harris says something about sheeple. Uh huh. He calls uh, people in the Matrix sheeple. I think is what he's talking about. Uh huh. And oh, I just it made me throw up. <laughs> I know it's so cringy when, when he said that, and it makes me think that like Lana is like I don't know more on the conservative side than I would have thought. Because like people who Why, use like sheeple. Yeah, because she said sheeple. It just, like, people who use that language are on a certain side of the political spectrum. Oh, okay. Who who use it unironically. It seemed to me that Neil Patrick Harris was serving the, like, the position of being a more, like, conservative ideology-leaning character. No, because I felt felt like it was, because they used that language. Maybe I'm totally off here, but, like, my interpretation was that he said that uh because that's what people on the right say about weak people 
Uh-huh. And like the movie is supposed to be this whole like fighting against like the man or the machine or whatever. And people who say like, don't be, don't be sheeple. They think that they're Neo uh-huh. in that scenario. So it seems like it's, it's being gracious to that vocabulary. Him saying that because it's like, he's, he represents like the cabal of pedophiles that the alt-right thinks it's fighting. But that's the same character that either before or after that said that women used to be so much easier to control. That is a, a textbook bad guy. I don't remember. I don't remember that line. You remember that? No. Near the end, he just like was really misogynist for for no reason. When like Trinity woke that, no. up at the end, he said that. I just don't remember. Maybe, maybe he I was said too that verbatim. He was like. <laughs> I'm sure that's what he said. I just, just don't remember. But yeah, I was trying but to forget. In, towards in the any end. case, the yeah, the a very like cringy rants from Neil Patrick Harris on his part. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to. Uh, I don't know what to make of the way he's acted or written. Yeah, uh, I heard that was all improv. I heard. I heard Neil Patrick Harris just like said that. Serious. Oh my god. No, <laughs> that makes kidding. it worse somehow. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you think of the new uh, Morpheus guy? Oh, it was a cool character. I know that guy from uh he doesn't Watchmen. have a very very uh, Watchmen, yeah, and Candyman. I did see in theaters recently and then oh, okay. he was in a an HBO show called um, I forgot I forgot the name of it what, was it a Isa Ray what it's a show from from Isa Ray Isa Ray oh. <laughs> couldn't say anyways I liked him yeah he was cool um, I did Funny. like that when he shows up he's kind of like and it's it's still within the first act, I think. He's like wacky Morpheus. He's like in a bright uh-huh. yellow suit or something. Uh, From which my... I, what I thought is that that's how he was dressed in the game. Maybe, yeah. And oh, that, it, that was what I was going to say, is I love that he's... From what I can understand, he's, he's like 100% like Neo's creation. Am I wrong about that? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I was going to ask you about that, too, because, like, Neo ran this so-called program, um, which the people hacked into, which was the opening scene of the movie. Uh-huh. And, and and from my understanding, the whole point of that exercise was to create Morpheus somehow by, by having right. this, like, AI just kind of question its existence over many different simulations. Yeah, I think it's great. I, uh... Because I think that's what it's implying is that Neo created that guy uh-huh. from like a combination of some input to AI and like his own memories of this real dude. Huh. It like makes it sound like uh, with just like a little bit of like technology, you can like manifest consciousness like yeah. at will as as yeah, a human. Yeah, yeah. So and that's and a cool any idea. particular person, just but like you know, if you think that. Um, people are all nurture no nature you know you you are your environment that just by like creating these simulations of you know with slightly different parameters that you can recreate a person um, totally time yeah that's cool right so that's cool and then he becomes a program that helps him out so he's all he's not only like a manufactured ai but he's like kind of removed from the machine world he's kind he's like a video game character that like sprouts consciousness and now he's like thrust into the the real matrix world uh-huh uh and he's just there to play the part so he's like a he's not a traditional ai he's like a kind of a goofy home like a an experiment that you like made in your basement yeah like a weird program uh that was probably where i just lost interest is after after he showed up and uh, there was that whole escape scene. Because that's when he, Neo starts to wake up and it becomes like a let's get Neo out of the Matrix movie. 
That's right, when the right. action gets really stupid too. I mean, yeah, that opening sequence I thought was pretty strong. Yep, I agree. I is what you're getting at. Um, yeah, real hard time uh, squeezing out the compliments from you, Trevor. What do you, what, what do you think? Warner Bros. is paying us to. Uh, they talk just should have stuck with movies. They just should have stuck with uh, it being super weird and self-referential at the beginning. That's all I'm going to say. That was good. The rest was bad. <laughs> it's um, such a different tone. Like it just it felt so tacked on and like completely incongruent with the first part of the movie. I hung out with um Mason and Justin and a, another one of his brothers that I had met before earlier this week. And um one of Justin's did you ever, brothers. Did you did you meet one of Justin's brothers, or was that not a time that you've been no, around? No, never, never, oh, okay. never had the pleasure. He's been over to my house, uh, the brother I'm referring to. So I thought you might have crossed paths once. Anyways, we hung out earlier this week, and uh, we were talking about the Matrix, the new movie, and I was talking about how I thought it sucked. And someone was like, um, "Maybe it's possible that Lana like did that on purpose, or." Maybe she said something in an interview where it's like, I want to burn it to the ground because Warner Brothers is going to demand that I uh, make this movie and they'll do it with or without me. And so, like, I might as well just torch it on my way out. Okay, interesting. You know, like, so, so, some of like those kind words of you per- just used mirrored the dialogue in the beginning of the film. Did it? Yeah. The conversation between Keanu and his boss about how they're gonna you know the the big bosses upstairs are gonna make the next trilogy of the matrix with or without us uh-huh they had like they had this conversation about like the continuance of the franchise of the matrix you know the game right. the fictional matrix wow i did not put that together as succinctly as i feel like i should have because you're right that is exactly what happens uh-huh that would make a lot of sense, really. But you're reporting to me that perhaps some of this dynamic is also like true in real life, which I kind of like assume because why else would that be? Like, it's yeah, such a specific, I mean, I... it's such a specific commentary on the film franchise in relation to Warner Bros., which they're well, dropped by I... name. They say the words Warner Bros. Right. I mean, I I assumed that it was that, but I just, for whatever reason, I didn't make the connection as to like that's why the rest of the movie sucked uh-huh you know that it was like a purposeful uh right right amputating your own leg kind of thing yeah yeah no that's i was just so thing. i was just so like enraged by the badness of it that i couldn't even <laughs> <laughs> appreciate what it was doing yeah i i was gonna look up like when they when i saw the movie and they had all this talk about the next trilogy um and warner bros and all this like self-referential meta stuff i was gonna look up if there was a trilogy planned is Um, there a trilogy planned i didn't look it up but i don't think so i don't know what more they would do after that movie Uh uh-huh let's bust out let's bring morpheus back to life let's get Lawrence fishburne involved and do something with that it's a whole movie about extracting him from the matrix what you think about the lore of his character being like elected the president of you know the zion yeah yeah Um, and and the implication i believe um let me know how how much of this tracks but when when um the the leader um what's her name niobe yeah niobe uh-huh was recalling this like uh she gave me the impression that morpheus rose to power after the events of the film right. uh, but because he was so idealistic and like kind of like pseudo spiritual religious 
in his uh, zeal tor- towards this whole like one thing. Uh, uh-huh. The things went badly, and then as a result, Zion died. Oh, I didn't. I don't remember that, but that sounds. That, that's like my right. interpretation of what was shown. I don't think it was like really laid out. Yeah. I'll be honest. I was a little like, I think I was a little checked out by that point. <laughs> okay, just... <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, that that's the impression I got, which would track with why like she was so antagonistic to Neo when he came back. Yeah, because like, that, Neo that's... at that point is kind of like a like a weird urban legend slash spiritual. Yeah. Token. Well, and that's that's what he is in like the sequels too. So that yeah, like yeah. Is, that's consistent because right, like right. you assume when you see the first movie, it's like this is like a universal truth that like all humans like are looking for the one. And uh-huh. then you get to the second movie, and it's like, oh, Morpheus is just some like weird guy, like doing his own thing. Yeah, yeah, he's like a whack job, and like nobody, yeah. like trusts him that much. They, they, they trust right. him somewhat. He has some. He's somewhat of a respectable person, but people are wary of his uh, beliefs. Yeah. He's kind of he's kind of cult leader esque. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And so that's interesting to like be right. if uh if my interpretation is right, which I feel like that's kind of what they were driving at. Um it's interesting that he rose to power and like he was too naive to lead effectively and yeah, civilization crashed. That's cool. Yeah. Back that's on the cool. lore thing, um I I will say that I think they did a good job of being consistent with uh, what programs are like and machines. I've always liked in the Matrix how the agents or like the other programs, they're kind of made to look um, imperfect, kind of like emotional, like almost indistinguishable from humans, like in the way Uh they act and like what their motivations are. Uh Um, And I've always liked that. I've like that uh, AI supposedly in this world can just be as once it becomes conscious, it's just as is as uh, flawed as we are, or flawed in some way. Uh, that's just the nature of being conscious. And this movie just it, it keeps doing that. Like it doesn't resort to weird robot stuff or like the machines being too perfect or too. Uh, undefeatable they're just kind of like neil patrick patrick harris is a good example he's just like a weird guy he's like kind of cocky he's got uh toxic human traits that you wouldn't see in other movies uh-huh yeah um i i track what you're saying it, like when they first revealed that there were some robots on the human side like that was such a like that was a really cool moment like it felt super joyous to be presented with uh an AI who, you know, who knows how they think or how they are, but for some reason, like, they have that kind of natural um, human curiosity and this just, like, human nature that makes them want to talk to us and get to know us. Yeah. Sure, human uh, nature. We should really have, like, another term for this. Yeah. It's just, like, a... To me, it always reads as just in the world of the Matrix and the rules of the Matrix, it's like once you gain consciousness, if you are effectively pursuing consciousness, you can't help but uh, develop human qualities, like imperfect human qualities or things like empathy or love or compassion, things that machines shouldn't be capable of or need to be capable of. I hope that those are just qualities that are a natural byproduct of consciousness, you know? Like I yeah, would like I think that that's... to be the I would like that to be the case. Yeah. And so I they're like showing that's... that to me. And so that's Yeah, that's, that's what the Matrix is is supposed to be. There's a whole like uh dialogue exchange in the second movie about this where he like meets it's the father of that Indian actress. Yeah. That's where her yeah. character comes from. There's that's this whole thing scene. where he where he's like, Oh, I like want to uh, save my family because I love them. He's like, you can't love anything. You're a, a program. And in the first movie, there's this part. I think we talked about this. Um, 
where Agent Smith gets in Morpheus's face and he's gets all like mad and he's c- complains about the way that humans smell and yeah. just kind of like weird shit. Right. And then when the other agents come in, he's all confused or embarrassed or something and it it just implies that they're not these like terminator things that are big calculators they have like emotions and they get pissed off but just great i just thought i've always loved that part of the war yeah, and it keeps fantastic. it fantastic and that we never did uh any matrix movie past the first one on film hole but if we had we would have had a great discussion about like that the second and third movies and that scene specifically with the uh (laughs) with the indian guy (laughs) Uh, i'm like grabbing at any other i don't know his name quality (laughs) uh but that's a fantastic scene where i think the franchise like really like that's what those sequels really do well is like open that up. Like that's a can of worms that like it's like a mind fuck yeah. when you watch that. Where you're like, I remember wait we... a minute, there's people on the other side of this thing. Yeah, I remember we talked about it a little bit because initially, I think we were like, um, you know, the first movie's great, gets into all these like sci-fi ideas, but then the sequels are just kung fu. I think is the general impression. They don't add anything to like the the thought experiment but they do it's yeah, just like do. harder to see i guess yeah like i it's that thing i said earlier about how um that virus or m- the machine um or uh, agent smith like takes over that dude's body like how does that even work but I love thinking about it. Yeah, it so wouldn't work. That's like the most. That one bothers <laughs> me when I think about it. You just have to really? suspend disbelief. Why does that one bother you? It's just because like the hardware is just not right. Like, what are you going to do to a human brain that you're going to inject you somebody else's? You don't know what the hard, but you don't know if the hardware's wrong. Because that's what's interesting about it is that it shouldn't work. But like. Who knows? Who knows? Like maybe it could work. Like if your if your consciousness is just like a way that your neurons are mapped, and like maybe the way programs are written are not too dissimilar. You know, maybe that could conceivably map itself onto your neurons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Does this movie do any anything for you? Like in a positive way? I Overall. enjoyed watching it. Okay. The second half, it really didn't land. It didn't really stick the landing in any way at all. No. Uh What do you think of the the kung fu, the action sequences? I just, like the I times them. that it's it's really it's really happening, not the force field stuff. It's boring. I just check my phone. <laughs> Yeah, it's not good. It's not uh it's not flashy at all. It's totally not what the Matrix is. Right. I mean they, they felt like, like they were in there because they had to be. Yeah. So Well, mission accomplished, Lana Wachowski. Made a bad movie. Which apparently was your intention. <laughs> You know, I don't particularly like um, how in this in the new Matrix they make the operator guy, you know, the guy who sits at the computer. Yeah. They make him like kind of show up in the scene. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like there, and it's it's kind of like a, I guess like a hallucination kind of an effect where like the Matrix people don't actually see him. It's just kind of there for a theatrical effect. Yeah. I hate it. Why is that in there? Well, it's technologically very well grounded in like what, in like modern technology. He's just like a avatar in the simulation. 
Right, but, but there's no reason ingrained. for that to be in the new version of the Matrix. Like, it doesn't add anything to, like, their ability to maneuver the situation if he's just no, right there. No. But it seems like something that they should have the ability to do. Like, if they can put their entire consciousness, like, in the Matrix uh where you can interact with it and stuff like you feel like they should have the ability to all, like kind of just project down like yeah um, in god mode just kind of free roam well that's what the the one is all about right he is like god mode because they because they because they can't do that that's the whole reason they they need neo because he can turn on god mode that's like I'm not gonna exactly talk about religion that's man what? That's just exactly what Neo is. I've never really thought about it like that. He's just like some player with God mode turned on. <laughs> it's this. That's the whole idea of the one and all that shit just wrapped up into a dumb little sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is cool. When in this movie, he's like, I'm not sure if I can even be that again. Because he is just some guy. He's um, right. Thomas Anderson. Um, There's something special really about him. So he's this older version of himself. He's like, I'm not, I don't even know if I can like channel that stuff, which in the end, yeah. I guess it's, he can't cause he never, he can't even fly. Right. Well, he maybe can only do well, the dumb force field shield thing. Well, that's, you know, uh, Trinity becomes the one after that. So, uh, huh. we, that's all taken care of. Is that the implication is like the let is the one is a framework of the one still being used here and Trinity is now the one. Does that still make sense? I think it's just, uh, I don't know. There's something about know. how they're like dual things of each other. Neil Patrick right. Harris like has to keep them close or whatever. So there's some kind of like, <laughs> cause when they touch, know. they, uh, they explode <laughs> mutual power thing. I don't know. But what I liked about the second movie as it relates to like the oneness is that uh, it was like an inevitable anomaly in the matrix. So like uh-huh. theoretically all there's been like generations and generations of humans that have lived in the matrix and there's been ones for all these different versions. And that's to say that the machines have, all of their potential scenarios, like scenarios of consciousness, like totally mapped out perfectly. Uh They're just like, this is how everybody in the entirety of this matrix world will think and act in its entire duration. But there's just this one guy that we can't get rid of mathematically who will be able to do some crazy shit. I remember the architect talking about this. Yeah, it's just like, it's a math problem. Like, the one is, like, not a special kind of dude that wakes up. He's just, like, a math problem. That, like, there is inevitably one dude who's just, like, not going to be able to play by the rules. Yeah. And that's that's way more interesting to me than whatever's going on with, like, Trinity and her oneness now. It seems much more superhero-y. What was her connection to the lore in the first uh, few movies? Was her connection to kind of Neo's thing ever established? Because I feel like there was some. There was like the Oracle said. The Oracle said that she would like fall in love with the one. So maybe Uh it's like if the one's a math problem, maybe she's like part of the equation. Like there has to be a love interest or something that sounds so stupid but that's the best <laughs> i got <laughs> i think you probably nailed it yeah a lot of this should stay in the dark a lot of these reasons just the the ones all about should just remain a mystery well i like my my kind of interpretation is that it's you know it's not a real thing. It's like this mystical kind of mythology, which it kind of coincidentally was sort of true in some ways, but was essentially like always right. Like it's not mythical. It's, it's just like this very certain 
And like you were saying, the, mathematical certainty from the simulation. That's what happened. Right. But the humans see it as a, a, a spiritual thing. Right. And that, that adds to the whole thing I was talking about, how they're pretty misinformed about a lot of things. Like they have no idea uh-huh. that there's been other versions of Neo. Because they, they even I... say, like the machines say that they, uh, they've destroyed Zion like six times. So that implies yeah. that like an entire civilization has come and went like under the machine rule like six different times and they just like eradicated them each time. Which I remember that not that fact doesn't seem to jive with like the supposed age of Zion that I've heard. What's this age of Zion? I, I forget. I could look it up, but like six civilizations to you know rise and fall um you know given that it's, it's not the roman empire here you know it's just like squabbles squabbles mm-hmm. cobbles sure yeah <laughs> um but you gotta imagine like hundreds of years for each one so we're like talking thousands of years total yeah i don't know i feel like that line should not be read too in-depthly well, I mean, you could go both ways, you know, because it could be thousands of years because the uh, like in the first movie, I think Morpheus is like, we're like, you think it's 1999. We think it's like 2199, but we're not sure. Uh huh. Like, I think that that implies that they just have no idea, like how much time has gone on since the first is true. woke up. So like Matrix se- people. Seemingly, like they could be, like that could have happened over thousands of years, and they just they don't have the records to know one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. I need to hit the uh, the, uh, the old restrooms. Uh, no, the old Matrix forums on the on the internet. Oh, okay. Thought you were asking for a break. Matrix overflow. But uh, yeah, overall, it was a movie. (laughs) I hate this movie so damn much.